from Blaine, Minnesota. He's kind of a city slicker, I guess. I don't know, but suburb guy. Never punt, fish. Never did anything out. Snowmobiles, nothing. Same so, with us. Yeah. City slickers from suburbs of Chicago. He's from suburbs of Denver. That's all we know is big city. Yeah. So this was like a, a big eye opener. Like we're just wide eyed. Like what are we doing? It, it was Andrew's <laughs> birthday, and he shot a gun for the first time. Like, Whose birthday? It was, it was your my, birthday. Yeah. You shot a gun. What kind of gun? Like a pistol or? No, it was like a it was like an AR rifle. Oh, something. killer! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was wild. Ripped three rounds. I think I missed Fuck all of them. <laughs> yeah. See, I feel like every American should have shotgun, an AR, and a nineteen eleven pistol. Like I think. That you should just have it okay. in case the zombie apocalypse happens. Yep. You know, everybody should just have be one. ready. Ready, yeah. It'd be silly not to, right? It's like canned food. You got to have your your weaponry ready to rumble. No, there's no doubt. I I think about like the zombie apocalypse all the time. Like, what would I do? Where would I go? You know, what what kind of food would I stock up on? Mm-hmm. You know, what would you? I mean, like, well, what? I think everybody would go to like you know like the Walmarts or like the, the big Cabela's or the big department stores to try and stock up on stuff. Hopefully I'm already stocked up mm-hmm. on that kind of gear, but I'd go to a, a school, like a high school. Mm. Like they got all kinds of stuff in there to eat forever, like peanut butter and you got all kinds of cereal. That's never going to, they got like half-lifes of four years and whatnot on there. That's where I'd go. I think that's brilliant. And you're also going to carry around probably like an axe or like a, a sword, <laughs> a sword. <laughs> to get a big the, machete. Yeah, yeah. just because you could run out of ammo. You got to have the Jewish, other weapon, yeah. the other uh, weaponry. Just yeah, you got to have some it. like short distance, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, chop and swap right away. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like you got your dagger. It's kind of your trusty steed. Yep. I would also say high school is really smart, too, because at that point, like it's an industrial size kitchen like mm-hmm. you are ready to stock up on food yep. and then you know it, it doesn't have to just be you you can kind of create like a smaller you know hunter-gatherer type community that's bought in on the same ideas right you also got you know lots of doors that lock you know mm. that are like heavy doors mm-hmm. like high security there's all kinds of other places that glass window i went into dick's sporting goods the other day like Zombies are getting in there. There's sure. no chance if you if your first option, I'm gonna run to Dick's Sporting Goods. You're done. Yep. You're murdered in the first week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People going to Target. Good luck, dude. Zombies are gonna be in aisle seven so fast. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. No dude. doubt about it. Wow. All right, Coach K. I'm gonna lead you in here, and uh, this content's already rolling. But I'm gonna give our our marketing interns a little intro, and then we'll get going. Okay. Um, Coach K. Wally Kaczynski, welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, pleasure to be here. I've, I've heard a lot about this. I'm really excited. Absolutely, man. So, uh, you know, we 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 were part of your uh, the program that you've built on the defensive side for four years, and we were just talking off air, like, oh, what if we were to put to like one like phrase or something of our experience? Total mayhem. The defense, yeah. The defense, yeah. Incredible. I want to know, and for our marketing interns, I, I kind of want to unpack the story of like how you got to where you are, where you were, you turned the program around with a group of guys at Bemidji, and then you went to take on coaching full-time, correct? Correct. And then now you've built it to where you are now, where you have a defense that is incredibly awesome and total mayhem. I'd love to know how that all kind of came together. Sure. To be clear, right, it's not just me that turned that exactly. program around. Like lots of 
better players yes. than, than me. Totally but agree. My class, uh, the class that we kind of brought in on, that's that, uh, I don't know, that's that group that, you know, doesn't maybe reap the rewards of of future generations of football players at, you know, conference championships and whatnot. Like, we never won one mm-hmm. when I was there. Um, but we laid that foundation. There's no doubt about it. And it, it skyrocketed. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in college. Like, I wanted to be a cop forever. Like, I don't know. I, maybe it's because there was firearms involved or something. Like, I always thought shooting shooting guns is cool. But um, realized that I didn't want to do that. And then struggled in college to try and figure out, you know, what I loved. Um, and it really... Th- was thinking about, you know, life after college, like the wrong way. Like I was thinking about, you know, what kind of job do I want instead of, you know, like, what do I want my life to be like? And you know, my dad is, is my hero. He's, he's, he's amazing. And I remember talking to him about it and really struggling and be like, well, you love football. Like, why don't you do that? I was like, oh, I'm not good enough to play and make money off a of plan. And he's like, no coach. And I thought it was amazing. I thought it was an awesome idea. So I didn't really know how to do it either. Like you, it's, it's a battle to try and figure out how to get to make money in, in coaching. Like you got to be poor for a long, long, long time. You mm-hmm. got to pile up debt forever. Um, my first job, I kind of got lucked into, I went on this interview. Um, I really know it was an interview at the time, but I went on this interview at, at a local school here um, uh, local, uh, scholarship school around here and, uh, went to, where did we go? We went to, uh, Jimmy John's mm. at Jimmy John's subs or whatever. We had a, a pretty cool conversation and the guy's like, well, do you want this thing or what? And I was like, I don't know. I got to think about it. And the guy that I know that kind of got my foot in the door is like, these are really hard to get. Like these graduate assistant jobs are hard to get. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm in, I'll, I'm in, I'll take it. Um, lucky enough to make a good impression on the guy. And, uh, and is this right out of college? This is right out of college. Okay. My first year out of college. Holy smokes. Wow. Yeah. And, um, I think, I don't know that he necessarily told the D line coach at the time that he was hiring another D line coach. Cause like it was after like a, a, a week that he ended up demoting the other guy and then promoting mm-hmm. me to be in the, to actually coaching a position as a, as a GA and that doesn't happen a lot, mm. uh, depending on the level that you're at. So I don't know. And then, uh, kind of, like I said, lucky enough to make a good impression on the guy I moved up and, and he, we ended up winning a conference championship, going to a bowl game. Um, he ended up getting a, a different, uh, gig, what we thought was a, a way better situation. Um, the head coach thought it was a way better situation. So he went down to Missouri and kind of, do I want to go down to Missouri? I don't know. I got like my wife, you know, like we're starting this, this, uh, relationship, whatever. And she's like, why don't you go? This guy took me. So we went down to Missouri and then I kind of worked my way up, but you make like, you make $5,000 a year as a GA, right? What? Did that for two years. Then they moved me up to like adjunct, which is down in Missouri now. Um, which is basically you're making you're you you make nothing and you work full time right so uh, I make ten thousand dollars a year for two years, and then they created a full time position for me down there as a strength coach uh, down there my first 
full-time gig was 23.5. So I did that for, I don't know, like three or four years. And are, then are they giving you living? Uh, living no, uh, no, you gotta figure all shit. that out. So, what? I mean, I don't know. A lot of people have it a lot worse, but it's, yeah. it was really a battle, uh, trying to find ways to make ends meet and whatnot. But, mm -hmm. uh, I did that for a couple of years and then, um, coordinator position opened up I applied for it and thought I did a good job interviewed for it did a good job and then they ended up hiring this guy from North Dakota Josh Kotal like he total total dude total stud and um I was real pissed about it because I didn't get it I thought I was mm -hmm. ready uh realized that I was not even close to being ready to coordinate but that's where I started learning this style of, of three four basically uh 2001 um North Dakota National Championship uh team Bubba Schweiger um Dale Lennon Tim Tibisar you know defense it's just it's uh it's a lot of pressure a lot of fun checks and stuff out of it so I fell in love with it I'm glad that this guy got the gig he ended up leaving after a year to go to Kansas State and they promoted me right away and we had a we didn't we weren't very good like I, I was I did not do a good job of course I tried to put way too much in like way too much way too early and probably confused guys but you absorbed what he was doing and tried to do similar traits it wasn't like you were flipping the defense on its head correct you were just adding more to it yeah I was trying okay. to add some well what I thought was good thoughts I was in a I always want to put too much in. I, I always <laughs> want to put way too much in. Mm -hmm. There's only so much kind. Of, like I can know it like the back of my hand, but the boys don't know it. Then yeah, whatever, it doesn't work, you know. So um, realize real quick that you gotta you gotta you know cut cut down on all that kind of content. And then my wife and I were looking at starting a family, getting back uh, closer to home. I was always around grandpa and grandma growing up. Uh, wife was always around grandpa and grandma growing up. I thought you know we wanted our kids to be around that kind of deal and my dad actually uh emailed the opening at at st thomas and uh, has a having a real bad day at, at work uh not liking where i was and i wrote it wrote an email to to coach crusoe the head coach at, at st thomas now and i was like nah do i do i send do i send do i send do i send i was like close my eyes and push send push send and Called me like an hour later, had a phenomenal conversation, talked about life, talked about, you know, being a man, talking about, you know, mentoring men, talking about just all kinds of stuff that wasn't football stuff, quality of life, that kind of stuff. And, you know, kind of convinced me to come on an interview and went on the interview and it was just, I mean, it was the people at St. Thomas are awesome. I mean, that's the reason why people choose this place. Like the people there are amazing. Everybody that I met was amazing. So... Ended up uh, saying yes, and actually, coach told me I was gonna say yes. Like, <laughs> like he was like, like "You're gonna, you're gonna drive halfway down to Missouri, and halfway down, you're gonna call me up and say that you're in." And it wasn't; it was like an hour. It's like a seven-hour drive, so halfway is what, like three point five hours? Yeah, whatever. Correct. Hour one. So it was like an hour, and mm -hmm. I called him up. I'm in. So that's. I don't know. It's like it. It started off kind of the the way the our style is totally unique our style is a uh, is, is is absolute total mayhem i mean it's guys pre-snap post-snap movement guys moving all over the place blitzing from all different kinds of angles totally nasty but it didn't start out that way i mean it was started out it's kind of small and just kind of added and added and added and now is 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. You were part of Coach Caruso year one, correct? Yep. So yep. You started the 2008. same year. Yep. Really? Wow. So I was, he got hired, I think is in uh, January, uh, late December, January, and I got hired in, uh, in February. Gotcha. So. And that's another challenge where you were able probably to take away a little bit from Bemidji and what you were doing down in Missouri of realizing a program not doing super well. And you got to realize the things that the core values you got to instill early to have that longevity of a successful program. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, really good leadership qualities that you develop over time through that exact, you know, statement that you're saying. Um, I looked at the cupboards and they were not bare. I mean, there's there was talent. Like, I'm coming from scholarship program, mm-hmm. and I'm lo- watching some video of some of these guys, size, heights, weights, you know, names, even some guys that I, I recruited, um, you know, when I was down in Missouri from Minnesota, and talent i mean there was a lot of talent there so like right away i was like well we can i I can't believe they're two and eight last year like that that that's not even something that i think could ever happen ever again like that that, there's no way that that should ever happen so it was easy in that respect gotcha it's amazing so so then it's it's cool to look at it now and say like wow look at look at what you built but not a lot of people really focus on that the the dog days of showing up in february of 2008 having not close to what you have even now yeah so what was that like back then when you show up to st thomas on campus for that first day and even that first season well how was that whole experience right like we're trying you're trying you're trying to convince recruits that you know two and eight hey we're gonna be <coughs> excuse me we're going to end up being phenomenal, you know, competing for national championships. And they're like, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, you, <laughs> you guys are two and eight. Like, That's not an easy sell there. You mm-hmm. know? No, not at all. Yeah. And I, I, I realized really quickly how you guys um, continued to make sure that the future recruiting classes understood that because we didn't, I came into a program that had been to a national championship and that was ex- extremely successful. And I did not know what it was like to be two and eight. And I think that was one of the, the, um, one of the awesome qualities that you guys continue to uphold is the, the legacy. Yeah. That aspect. legacy. Mm-hmm. Total, <clears throat> excuse me. Totally. That, I mean, that legacy is, is something that, I mean, coach does a really good job. Coach Caruso, head coach does a really good job of continuing to, to value the, you know, if, if I, the, the people that have come before us, you know, like if I can see far, I've, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. Like there's a reason why we are who we are now. And it's because of those guys that put in that, that hard work with, uh, you know, limited success early, but it, I mean, it jumped quick. Like it was seven and three, 11 and two, 12 and one, 13 and one, 14 and one house. And we're in the national championship game. I was kind of like, what? Wow. Like, this is fast. What's next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? How did you see your, your defensive coordinating um, grow with the competition and the competitiveness that you guys were playing at? I think it's – like, we had, we always had really, really talented players. Like, I ain't trying to take away from any of the guys that we had because there was really, really – every year that I've been there, there's been a lot of talent. So, yeah. uh, And they're, they want to work – you know, the, the kids that we get a chance to work with want to work hard. Um, 
but I think you hire, you know, if you hire good coaches that, that care, you, know, you hire good coaches that, that build good relationship with their players that trust the players trust. And then they want, they believe that they're phenomenal. They believe that they're the best linebacker coach in the country or the best corners coach in the country. And they want to work really, really hard for that coach. And you see him sprint and run, but we were real basic even then the earlier years you know defense is so much harder than offense and you have no idea I mean I would love to tell the offense what to get into what to line up in what to run but you have no clue like you know the personnel grouping and the down and distance and that's it like you got guys coming out in 21 personnel line up and empty and everything in between like you got no idea so you got to adjust and you got to be able to be flexible and you got to be able to a lot of people defend i hate i can't stand that word i hate the word hate but i can't stand the defend you know like everybody's like yeah we defend this formation really well or we defend this play really well or this personnel grouping really well like i can't stand that like we don't defend anyone (laughs) we attack you we make you defend us like it's it, we're coming after you, and it's it's hard when you're an offensive lineman, when you're a quarterback, coordinator up in the box, when a team is totally coming after you all the time and attacking you. It makes you kind of get on your heels, and now you're playing defense a little bit. I think that's awesome. You know? And that, that was coming from every position, which I thought was the most unique aspect coming from. I mean, you, granted, D lineman can attack every play, but as a secondary position, we were attacking whether we expected the ball to be out in 1.7 seconds when we're running red, and I know I can just hand fight the guy and just have low hip, and mm-hmm. if he throws the ball high and wide, it's going to be inaccurate because we're hitting the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like We were attacking from all cylinders, and we knew what everyone was doing. It was one of the most fulfilling things to be a part of that defense. And going from my freshman year trying to learn everything at camp from Panther and um, all the – I can't even remember half the names because there were so many packages to what we did our sophomore year of just running red and black and Mm -hmm. then throwing a little bit of white and blue. Mm -hmm. I, it flipped everything in my head and I, and I wasn't even a guy that was on the field Mm -hmm. and I could just see everything else clicking everywhere um, from the outside linebacker position to um, what Isaac and Bennett were doing in the backfield with Trace. And I was just like, this is, this is working. I'm so happy that I'm a part, I'm a part of this change. And, Mm -hmm. I like it was in the mindset that you just just uh, in the trust that you built in our program from understanding to do the little things. I can go on and on about it. Mm. I was I was so rewarded every day going to practice and running that defense. Yeah. Killer, that's that's awesome. Mm. I I mean, what you're talking about is when it flipped from 2014 to to what we do now. 2014 yep. was very was still very base basey, you know, just like safe almost like I can't stand that but 2015 is when you know it it really turned into that complete total mayhem that we're talking about and it's it's suffocating absolutely suffocating it doesn't matter from your perspective from a coverage perspective like the techniques that we ask those boys to do is tight it's suffocating Mm -hmm. you know when your corners are pressing and the safeties are playing low and you're bringing pressure and the pressure's getting to the quarterback and He's got nowhere to throw the ball, and yeah. Well, I also love what you did with like your personnel change, where 
you know, when we came in as freshmen, we had, you know, like a Ryan Williams or a Tom LaVenture, big dudes. Like these guys were massive. Tom LaVenture's biceps for the people listening are the biggest biceps you'll ever see in the world. It's like Schwarzenegger. It's like Schwarzenegger. It's it's uncomparable. It's amazing. Um, But those were the guys that were at outside linebacker. And then we come back for that spring ball and you have guys that are freaks of nature that were playing safety that are now just at the outside linebacker position, putting some fierce pressure and thundering the quarterback. You get guys that can run like a lot of people. I don't know. Like I watch a lot of, I watch more football than anybody that you've ever met. Like I'm always watching something like YouTube is, is awesome now. Like I got all kinds of different ways to watch video with different services and whatnot, but I get on YouTube just as much as anything and watch all kinds of games. And everybody is so big. They're so big. Like, I don't understand how... And they can't run. Like, they, they can't move. Like, everybody wants, like, this cookie-cutter uh, height and weight. And if they can't move, like, defense, especially the way offenses are playing now, you're talking every square inch of the football field, you got to try and defend. And you got to have guys that can run to do that. Mm-hmm. So, to your point... You know, you move linebackers to D-line, you move safeties to linebacker and try and take the best athletes that you can and put them at DB to cover and guys that can run. 180-pound, 175-pound linebacker. Like, really? Like, in playing a national championship game. Yeah. Jesse Addo, I think, was like 175, 180. Yeah. The whole time that he was there. Mm-hmm. But he oh, can yeah. run fast. Yeah, and Alex Stevenson and uh, uh, Dylan Andrews, same thing. Yep. Same body frame. Yep. Just wicked fast and got the quick start and we're smart and you could trust them. Oh, yep. uh, man. Hey, Deck. I got to be real with you. You got some of the worst apparel in the game out there. I would love to see you customize some shirts that just say, I have bad style. Mmm, Decky bad style. Let's make those shirts. The shock value would be insane. However, uh, turnaround time and quality. It needs to be there. That's a great point. I mean, we could launch this tomorrow with our own goddamn sponsor. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Well, well actually, I did because I wrote this ad, dude. But that's besides the point. And with that being said, be on the lookout for some decky bad style shirts and other custom apparel from the BP. But also, if you're like, man, I need to find someone to make great custom apparel for me, look no further. Hit us up at Back Pocket at VisionaryMFG.com. That's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T at VisionaryMFG.com. Um, then you even have, like, the freak athletes. Like, one of my favorite things about St. Thomas defense is, like, 11, 11 jerseys on the ball when, when the play's over. And it's those D linemen that are, like, really good, like, runners and, like, fast like a ryan winter and even like a yokum who's just like a freak of nature but still moves incredibly well like these are all people that are like freaks of nature in their own sense and it's everybody that's got their own little thing that they're great at i i ain't trying to take anything away from the personnel because those guys were yeah those guys could run and they're strong and they're big and whatever but i think we paralyze defense just coaches in general paralyze people with a lot of different uh, fits, a lot of different things that they have to do, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden they can't play clear-minded and just sprint. Like when you when you totally flip it and you say and you make it simpler. Uh, to Andrew's point, you make this whole thing simpler, right? And now it's either this or this. You have you have one 
key. This guy goes this way, you go that way. This guy goes that way, you go this way. They're like, that's it? Like, you just have right or left, and I just have to sprint? Then you get to see those guys sprinting and running that fast. And it, and it looks scary. It's frightening when you have 11 guys sprinting to the football on every single play. How do they know where the ball is going? Every play they know where the ball is going. Mm-hmm. And they're sprinting there. A lot of people like feel their way, you know, through their fit. I can't stand that. Don't feel your way. No off switch. No. No off switch. And no cruise button. No cruise button. <laughs> and that's something I want to tap into. I want to tap into. We've talked about St. Thomas football. I want to tap into you, Coach K. And your. We just talked about how you keep. Uh, we you kept our minds clear on the field with responsibilities. I'm curious on from your end. What were you doing from your perspective as a defensive coordinator? Keep your mind clear and um, have that understanding of what's next and what's coming. Sure. Uh, like from a schematic standpoint, you're saying? Uh, I personal, ra- too. Per- personal, rather yeah. from a personal perspective. Well, I go, I'm going to a grad party later today, right? Mm. So graduation party. Minnesota is, I don't know if it's like that in, in Illinois or Colorado, but grad parties for high school are a big deal, right? Yeah. You know you're getting old when your your best friend's kids are graduating high school, mm, right? Mm. So I don't know. I remember like crashing grad parties, right? When you I don't <laughs> know if they did that in Colorado or Illinois, but I crashed all kinds of grad parties when I was younger. Like you find the whoever has the TV in the garage, like that's that's the red flag. They got the TV in the garage. They're going to have beer. Mm-hmm. You go crash that one, mm-hmm. and you're going to get free food, free beer, whatever. Great night. It's the best season of the year. You just go and find that loose connection. That like, oh, yeah, I talked to that person in high school. Like, if I show up, it's not going to be a question. And then you just make sure there's, like, a good 30, a good 40 people there, and you'll fit right in. Well, I, I'm telling – like, I'm talking more – like find a neighborhood and you don't know anybody there. Like Full we on. just went into a neighborhood. That's what my buddies and I would do. Just go into a neighborhood and look around for a, a garage with a TV and like, all right, that's a dead giveaway. Let's go to that one. No way. And they were always awesome. Mm-hmm. They were always great. Like, always down are, for it. Who are you? I don't know. I was Je- Jeff's buddy from wherever. Yeah. From down but the road. That's usually where it starts, you know, in the garage for me. Like I'm a garage guy. Like, I, don't, I live in a townhome now. It's killing me. I don't have a garage. Like, you have a garage, but it's like a one car, and it's got more bikes and kids, Nerf guns and whatever in there now. It's, not, it's, a, it's not a garage, you know? It's like a man cave garage. Like, that's where it starts for me. I don't know. Like, that's where I get a lot of my, I don't know if you call it inspiration or whatnot. My brother's my best friend. Usually hanging out with my brother in the garage is where... Like you guys hear a lot of these, uh, a lot of these pregame defensive speeches, yep. and I hope they're good. They're I from feel, the heart every time, and yeah, that's why great. I love them. I feel like they're good. It's hard because you always got to one up it every week has got to be better. Which is like I don't know how much content a guy has got right in his <laughs> mind to try and yep. make it better. But usually that happens in the garage, hanging out, drinking a couple of sodas with your brother, best friend, and you're, I don't know, we're watching a hockey game or you're watching, you know, NASCAR go around and around and around and just talking about life. And that's where a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the content comes up. So Manifest. The off, the off switch, like some of the stuff I don't remember. 
Like, I, I don't know. I hear some of you guys talk about, hey, w- when you said this in that meeting or whatever, I was like, what? Did I, did I say that? Like, I don't remember that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. Birds on a wire. What's their What's their purpose? What's their purpose? <laughs> it's like this it's, stuff. It's, it's game day. What are you doing on the wire? <laughs> this stuff. No idea where that came or from. Or like the the bulldozers. Ooh. Bulldozers. That's a that's a machine head. Uh, you know, a lot of some. Yeah, wait. Over here, home. So a lot of the, uh, a lot of the content you know that comes from my mind. Some some really cool machine head lyrics. Mm. You know that is full on bulldozer crushes, right? <laughs> How about uh, and that's part of the, the dojo is the heavy metal music. Ooh, yep. Let's tap into that. It. Does that that from the earliest stages the love for heavy metal? Yeah, you know, I went through a, a period of time in college where I tried to get into like hip hop or whatever, and it's probably because my buddies in college were were into it. And man, I just can't do it. Like, there's some '90s hip hop that I can get into, some NWA, public, yeah. en- <clears throat> excuse me, Public Enemy. But I don't know. I can't stand. Like it's all about you know your 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 diamonds and your cars and your girls and like there's no content to that to it, mm. to me to me okay. But the heavy metal has always got content. Like there's always lyrics that mean something. And yes, yeah, so the the beats the the guitar the fastness of the way it's Pace. playing. That double like, bass on the drum. Gets the hairs on the back of your neck standing up a mm. little bit. Your hands start shaking a little bit. Totally calms me down. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. While you're taking a swig of water right here, I, I want to tap into one of your experiences at a, like a live concert because I know you were front row, fingers in the air, nope. head bobbing. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there one event that stands out to you the most? Like, who were you able to see? Um, I've always wanted So my favorite band of all time is a Machine Head. And I've loved them forever. I don't know, last 20, 25 years, I guess, since since uh, their first album came out, Burn My Eyes. And I never have seen them in concert. And I've always tried to make a show where they're, they're playing. And for whatever reason, something crazy happens. The singer comes down with some type of nasty throat, infection which is this a cold or something like that yeah. right and he, <laughs> he can't perform or the bus broke down or it's like i don't know probably like six or seven times mm-hmm. nothing so i finally did i got a chance to see him this this past october and it, it was awesome it was amazing it couldn't have been better but i don't know i've been to some really cool festivals with motley crew i've seen motley crew mm-hmm. total badass i mean it's Nikki six it's a blast. Yeah, Motley Cruz, uh that's kind of where it, I don't know, started. Mm. It pains me to say that it started with Metallica for me because man, they totally flipped and now like I don't know if there's copyright infringement and whatever with me saying this, but totally sold out now and mm-hmm. you can say it, you're good. Yeah, no, you can go on that po- on this podcast and say right. that. Yeah. Copyright infringed. Yeah. No, that's that's not copyright infringed no. at all. I, I, but I mean, personally, I was a huge Metallica fan. Mm-hmm. Like Kill 'Em All, phenomenal. Ooh, right, that's a good one. Motor Breath, Motor Great Breath. Song. But then I think, do you ever watch their documentary? No. Nope. Okay, so they did a documentary on make the making of Saint Anger, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'll go on, I'll go on this podcast as well and say it, garbage album, mm-hmm. not very good. But they did a documentary on it and like did all the BTS of like. How uh, 
the band just pretty much fell apart making this documentary or making the documentary and the mm-hmm. the uh the, the album and then ever since then i mean it's just been kind of this wishy-washy you know we're metallica still but not really yeah. and it's it's kind of sad to be honest but like it's ride the they... lightning kill them all Ooh, i'll go back man. and listen to that Master all of the time master yeah. puppets absolutely Gra- you know garage days inc was pretty cool too like, it was the enter but, sandman was on there but since they cut their hair like it i don't know it's like yeah, something you cut your hair or whatever mm-hmm. and then it just ended up being soft after that but yeah. um there was a motley crew i've seen as awesome but there was this sweet rock festival two years ago, Rock Fest in Kadat, Wisconsin. Never been there before. Oh my God. It was amazing. There was like every band that should be there. Machine Head wasn't there, but every band that I wanted to see was there. Slayer was there. Lamb of God was there. Avenged Sevenfold was there. Volbeat was there. Um, it, the list went on and on. It was amazing. That's phenomenal. That's the one. I mean, we got we, the the festivals that bring those bands together are by far the ones that are are superior in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. Great. Oh yeah, that's the, that's the crowd that you want there. That's called that's what they call value. Value. That's what they call value. Absolutely. So the heavy metal has been part of your dojo and kind of part of what you've been incorporating into the St. Thomas defense. I'm curious on any other things that you use as like your fuel source as you as a person and uh, kind of ev- like unfolds from there. Yeah, on. I mean, for me, it's like life. Like, you know, I I got a couple of things, you know, for sure that that I'm not willing to budge on, and one of them one of them is, you know, don't ever apologize for who you are. Like, there's only one you, and I'm, you know, I may not rub a lot of people the right way but that, i mean that's that's me and i'm always going to be me so it's like for me it's just life like i look at parenting my kids this the same way as i look at uh doing going to work and and talking to our our football players the same exact way it's like there's just a certain way that life works like i tell my kids all the time like you you can't just do whatever you want in this world. Like, there's a lot of people out there that think that they can just do whatever they want, and you can't. Like, there's rules in this world, right? Like, with my kids would go play on the 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 berm in the back of Grandma and Grandpa's house, right? So the berm, right, is a it's basically a a mound like a hill, mound right? of dirt. Yeah, it's a mound of dirt with mulch on it. Whatever. There's a bunch of mulch on this thing, right? And it's this massive berm in the backyard. And the kids are love playing on it. They want to go up there and run around on this berm. And grandpa and grandma don't care. They're like, I don't care if the kid, the boys go play on the berm. And I said, no, get down off this, get off the, the mulch. Well, you know, grandpa, it's okay if they want to play on there. It's like, okay, no, I, I don't really care if the boys play on this berm or not. I don't. <laughs> like, I don't. But I, they need to listen to people of authority. At like some point in their life, they're going to have a boss that's going to say, get down off the mulch, man, and you're going to have to do it. You can't just, oh, well, my sister said it was okay. Like, well, no, you got to do s- stuff in this world. Mm-hmm. I freaking love that. And it, and it the, there are those rules. And at the same time, like you said, you got you to gotta operate within – the confines of those rules from time to time, but you can just, just be yourself, right? Just live, live in this life. Um, and take, take kind of those punches in the face sometimes, right? Like you were talking about, 
you know, moving down to Missouri and getting paid $5,000 a year, like I'm not, not a math guy or kind of a math guy, but yeah. it's tough. Like those are things that are those punches in the mouth that you kind of just take. And it's, you kind of accept that rule knowing that you can triple down on something like that forward on and, and trying to instill that in your kids is freaking awesome. Yeah. As long as you believe in it, no you doubt. You got to believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. You believe in it for sure. Um, my, my kids are going to, are, are really good kids and it, and it's because my wife and I are really good parents and I am afraid to say that I'm a good parent or say it like tongue in cheek or whatever. Like I'm a really good dad. My wife's a really good mom because we work really, really hard at it. Like it, yeah. parenting is a 24 hour gig. Like mm. you fall asleep and all of a sudden your kids grow up to be assholes. Like that ain't going to happen and they need to like parenting just like life just like coaching is having ridiculously freakishly high expectations and holding i'm not trying to say that like it's a military home like i kiss my boys and i love my boys i hug my boys right but i got really ridiculously freakishly high expectations of them and if they don't live up to those high expectations then you say this is a consequence for you not being able to do the right right thing Mm -hmm. right and once they have that inside them that they're holding themselves to those really ridiculously high expectations then then they can see the value and the slow but steady and still i mean you did it with the saint thomas you and coach caruso and coach walsh and coach lepshi and all and everyone at uh, at its roots were trying to instill really ridiculously high expectations of each person and from declan and i being scout players um for the majority of our careers we didn't give a shit we wanted to hold ourselves to the highest of standards and make sure that um, the guys below us on the, on the scout team that were coming in as freshmen and we're still juniors on the scout team, that we are going to hold those guys to the highest expectations because we know we can compete for a national championship, but we can't do that unless we're all holding each other to a really ridiculously high expectation. Right. That, that doesn't happen in our world. Like our world is gross that way. Like mm. people all of a sudden feel like if they're being told to do something, that it's a personal attack, whether it's coaching, whether it's parenting, whether it's your boss saying that, Hey, you got to do this better. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm not going to take that constructive criticism and be a better person, be the best version of myself. Now, because of that, I'm going to get pissed at the the guy who's telling me that's holding me to those high standards. Like what, what are we doing? Like, how are we, how is our world growing? So what I love about football what i love about st thomas specifically is we do have those standards those high standards are are that way and our 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 football players and i love i love 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 the guys that stick it out seniors that aren't starters that go through this whole thing because they they understand that this is going to make them you know the best version of themselves that they can possibly be because coaches are holding them to those high standards and not just coaches you know obviously you start getting accountability you start getting players holding themselves to those high standards and that's when you get something special right Mm -hmm. but it's those guys that say you know coach is always on me you know it's like well he's on you because he loves you okay coach is on you all the time because he loves you because accountability is love right you holding somebody to that high standard, you can say nothing if you want, right? But that ain't that ain't love. That, that that's the opposite of love. You don't say anything to somebody. So, hold it, holding people to that high standard is is just love, and that's that's what I do. Like I love our our players. I love my family. 
So I love that. The opposite of love is indifference. Indifference, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's not the opposite. A lot of people say hate, and that's not for me. Like Coach Coach Crusoe says this a lot, but in I totally believe it. But the opposite. A lot of people say the opposite of love is hate, right? And it's totally wrong. It's if it's apathy. It's 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 not caring at all about something. You mm. know, it's that's the opposite of love. Is not saying anything. Is not holding that to that high standard right 100 percent accountability and accountability and what we didn't see and not to cut you off sorry Dad, no, you're good but um with that aspect of deck going deck and i going through that together um and being committed built this community of people that we believed in and trust um and we didn't know entirely what was going to come of it but we knew we wanted to be a part of it and continue to be the our best selves inside it and we started doing the podcast inside the football program as juniors and then as seniors and now we're a year removed and we continue to have these football players and ex-teammates and ex-brothers or always brothers on our podcast because we love sharing these stories and continuing to um, ignite that fire that sometimes fades with time um, but when we get Joey Puck back in here who we haven't seen and 12 months and he is out there crushing sales the number one sales guy in his department every month and then trying to instill that in his day-to-day life like that fires me up and then i have that ability to share that and then from the back end of what declan and i do is not possible without what you guys preached inside the program we have a really 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 ridiculously high standard for each other for producing content and making it special it's that's totally gratifying. And I, I'm, I'm fired up sharing that with you. Yeah, that's humbling. It's gratifying. You know, you don't understand maybe necessarily all the time. At least for me, that you know the impact sometimes that you have, and you know, I always think it's like what you know, what could I do more or better to help even make that more that way. You mm-hmm. know, so that everybody can feel something like that. But that's that's the brand, right? Like yeah. that's st thomas brand that's you know what we do that's our that's our deal it's not the what you guys have experienced is just not i mean i've been in a lot of different programs a lot of different places in the world and it's just not that way everywhere mm-hmm. it's not well and what's really cool is it's not like we get to talk about it in the sense of like this is this has made us who we are like we incorporate all of the like the key lessons in the in that culture that you can't really put words on into something of your own um, but a lot of it was just challenge and failure, man. Like for me personally, like every summer I would loathe, not hate, but loathe the mm-hmm. time uh, in July when Coach K would call me and I'd be at work and, you know, it's that message of, hey, man, uh, like I love you, but you're not coming to camp again this year. Mm-hmm. And then you hear that over and over in, in the summer and you know it's coming, but like you work your ass off to try and not get that phone call. Sure. And uh, that was the hardest thing for me, man. Like, I love the game. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of this team. I wanted that, like, that really true opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. I got plenty of opportunities. And it was and the, the best part about all of it is it made me who I was. And when I realized that junior year was that switch that I turned in myself. Mm-hmm. And then I, it turned, instead of it being more about me, it became more about the team became more about how can I be a cog? How can I be a fuel source for everybody around me? And like Andrew said, he figured that out too. And it was, it was taking, it was taking that experience and putting it into like the freshman sophomore on scout team and just being like the cool guy who can help all these guys, you know, be better versions of themselves. 
that's that's amazing. That's awesome. That's exactly why I absolutely love to no end. You know, you guys like that's that's yeah. absolutely why I do. Like, yeah, it it's that as hard as that is that phone call is for you like it is ridiculously hard for for me to make that call and the number one you're talking like i'm always going to be honest like i never will ever yes try and make something sound better than it could be or something like that because then it just leads to distrust disappointment and distrust and that's just not how i want you can be disappointed but at least i'm going to be honest with you about the disappointment and Mm -hmm. you know you can take it and you know the guy works his works his ass off it's all the time and i'm trying to fight and scratch and claw to to get this thing but that just gives you an opportunity right that doesn't guarantee us anything that's a that's a life lesson man right like that's that's how life is like you don't you don't get guaranteed shit in life like you gotta work your ass off just to have an opportunity at something and even then your feelings could get crushed like i i've been a part of that you know all throughout my life and that's just not that's just a life thing and unfortunately like our young people when they grow up like they don't understand that like they don't their parents have been you know coddling them or blowing smoke up their ass or you know the their coaches have been or their trainers or their agents or whatever have been building them up to be you know something that's not true maybe not necessarily fully true and then all of a sudden the disappointment comes when they don't get something and they're they just go down this nasty dark rabbit hole right and that's not the way it should be right because hopefully we're preparing our young people for for life for the hardship of life yeah. and instilling those core values in every aspect is it's it's a challenge on every day and we embrace that challenge and we love that challenge yeah well and i i just wanted to you know touch back on that because um you've had like that kind of impact on me just from those like phone calls but also just like as that kind of guidance figure in my life honestly and like it wasn't like you and i were like the best buds like hugging on the field and shit all the time and we didn't have like that that kind of relationship but just the relationship of what you've helped me do has escalated my whole life man i'm telling you and so what i did um i created something my senior year that i for myself like this was what i did and this is what i listened to and i want to play that for you because i think you're gonna think it's fucking awesome so you ready for this shit i'm ready okay But you got to be able to play this game with the hair on fire. I will not be a part of a unit or a team that doesn't play with their hair the fuck on fire. It doesn't mean that you're not going to make a mistake. That's going to be a given. You're going to make a mistake. I'll tell you that right now. It's not going to be the first obstacle that you face. It's certainly not going to be the last. Obstacles are an every single day thing. Oh shit, my bad. One sec. <laughs> Jack the moment up. Yeah, it's coming, it's coming. Playing with their hair. That's going to be a given. You're going to make a mistake. I'll tell you that right now. It's not going to be the first obstacle that you face. It's certainly not going to be the last. Obstacles are an every single day thing. I have all kinds of more experience than you do, and I go through obstacles every fucking day. 
Every single day, I got a bunch of obstacles that I got to go through. Every single day. And it's like, find a way to battle through this obstacle and get through this obstacle, and boom, there's another one facing me right in their face. I don't know, I may be a little bit different than you, but you need to find a way to unlock the key to get through the obstacle. I totally get the fact that you're not me. I know that. I know I'm a little bit different, but it's like, for me, a million miles an hour through the obstacle is the way. I need to be able to push and run through that fucker as fast as possible. It's like, for me, strike another day. The obstacle is the way. Unleash the fury. Unlock an uprising. Let's go start a riot. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, man. So, like, I'm telling you that. That shit, I listen to every single game after you gave that speech as the first opener of my senior year of last, my last year of ever playing football. And I listened to that probably once a quarter at least like yeah. i'm that is part of me man how you did you did that. how did you see so you got how did you get that you <laughs> got had your phone on click record yeah and i just kept i mean a lot for the most part i kept it to myself and i was like this is something that is just special to me because i realize how finite this game is and i realize how finite this opportunity is and i realize how much of an impact you've had on my life and Fuck. because of that is why i did what i did and I kept, and again, I kept it in a, in my circle, um, and did that. Man, yeah. it's fucking touching. It's, it's it's awesome. It's really touching. So thank um, you, Coach K. Thank you, Coach K. Oh yeah, man. Been been waiting a long time to show you that, man. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now flip it to <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And it's perfect time to flip to back yeah. pocket core questions. Mm. And our first question is based off of your pregame or pre. Uh, it was the Tuesday practice uh pre-meeting when you would go through the the player sheets and you'd go through the opponents um Mm -hmm. of the caliber level they have and you would get to some player and you wouldn't you wouldn't see a lot of value that they brought to the to the team uh uh, there on the uh, the opponents that were playing and it'd be like safety average linebacker wildly average (laughs) and we created a segment that we've asked every single guest on our show called what is your average quality and we've taglined our podcast <laughs> as wildly average guys with an extraordinary passion to have a podcast and uh and the, it, those words right there came from you yep. so so, yeah. we, so we finally get to ask you coach k what is your wildly average quality wildly average quality oh man i'm gonna tell you right now like organization like my mind doesn't work the way that these high level achievers works i don't know like i've always been horrendous at organizationist stuff like what goes on in my mind you know is like all different it's not like a toolbox with these nice neat compartments of information that you can readily go get like it's just a, a jumble up mess in there so like that's unfortunately like my average quality is the organization skills. Like hopefully I can get better, <laughs> not good at all. Mm-hmm. At times it's decent. At times it's it prevails, and other times it's not so good. At the end of the day, it's your average quality. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel the same way sometimes when you know it's it's six thirty in the morning. You just I, I work out at five thirty every day. Good for you. And then you freaking 
you get your cup of coffee in you and then you just from like honestly from like seven to like 11 ish my mind is just like freaking going yep. dude and i and andrew gets the bulk of it you know we're texting each other every day we always got shit going on so i'm like andrew where's this andrew this is what i'm thinking andrew what do you think about this Andrew, are you available this time? And Andrew's probably like, I don't know. What's what from your perspective? Well, are you just like, what the fuck's wrong? With well, this I just got to. An- well, I got to answer him, and it's like, <laughs> all right, it, he needs him now. I got to answer him. Um, and yeah, it's organization is brutal in every. Uh, it's one of the hardest things to just maintain. But that's an average quality of yours. Um, but this is the next question is something that you carry around in your back pocket mm-hmm. when pressure becomes stress mm-hmm. and anxiety is rising. Coach K, you you grab this out of your back pocket to help you mm-hmm. overcome these switch situations. For, for me total you know like i'm i like feeling my feet on the ground like grabbing grass with your toes and understanding where i am when when pressure becomes stressed and it gets to a point that it's like boiling over and you got you don't like if it's on the field like none of your play calls are working like what grab the grass with my toes like obviously my shoes on right but right grabbing the grass with my toes like feeling my feet feeling my my legs and and everything firmly on the ground i'm here there, this is life it's not death here let's push it away and keep moving right on it's that it's kind of like that perspective just like refocusing yourself to the present no exactly what it is absolutely man mm-hmm. it's freaking awesome man so i would uh going off that it's in it a lot of like what we've talked about is challenge you know why we show up to practice every day and it's a different challenge we we uh get beat on third third and long we should win that down every time they get it mm, that's a challenge but we got to step back up we like to challenge on this podcast it's been a theme of this this season it's how it's one of the parts of our integral growth and development as a podcast. Um, we want to challenge you to get us some, to ch- or have you challenge us to get someone on the show. So mm-hmm. someone you love, someone you care about, someone you think that would be an awesome conversation to share with everybody. Well, there's someone who I love and care about or somebody that I would challenge you to get on. It would be two totally different people. But okay, I'd, we'll take them both. Well, John Tower... The, mm-hmm. the men's basketball coach yep. is an is a unbelievable man, incredible man, mentor uh, uh, to me. Like he is unbelievable person, and he's got all kinds of knowledge in in his mind. Like he would be phenomenal. Like that's a guy that I love that that I would challenge you to get on there, awesome. get, on, get on here. But just from a challenge standpoint, like I got an opportunity to listen to to Kirk Cousins. Um, at church he was at my church speaking um and that guy is a total dude like he is impressive like his spirit is impressive like he needs he he's this guy's got all kinds of money that he's never had that much money he's trying to figure out what to do with this money and he's just pumping it into great things like He's pumping it into his faith. He's totally unapologetic about, you know, his faith and 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 what he believes in and his family and, um, he's he's impressed me. If you could get that guy on here, I think back pocket goes totally national, interna- <laughs> international, 
Right. Challenge accepted. Global. global. Going global. Going global with the back pocket. <laughs> yes. Kirk Cousins, you are the uh, you're the spark plug. Absolutely. I think that's a great, that's a great one. Yeah. yeah. Both of those. John, oh. We've gotten challenged with uh, Coach John Tower. I think it was Coach Ro- Rosie. Rosie told the CM on. We've been in, we've been in touch with him. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we're working on it. Yeah. But Rosie, we'll... Josh Rosenthal? Yes. Yeah. He was on this so podcast. He just took, uh, I heard, maybe this is not true, but I heard that he took this gig at uh, Iowa State. Oh, no Go shit. play uh, or go coach, uh, I don't know, it's like a recruiting analyst or something like that. Okay. Wow. I don't know that for sure, though, so I probably shouldn't say anything. You edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just say allegedly. Yeah, we just, allegedly. Then we're clear. Yeah, yeah. you just allegedly. say, once you say that, that's, sure. that's the rule of podcasting. If you tag anything you say with alleged, it, it totally clears you. You can't I hold said, me. Yeah, right. Can't, right. You can't hold me to that. I said allegedly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Rosie's listening to that like, God, these rap bastards. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for that challenge. Um, but we've been asking you a ton of questions now for a little about a little bit about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to put the ball in your court and see if you have any questions for us. <sighs> I'd love to jump in here real quick. Yeah. So I think a really cool aspect of this podcast is obviously you guys have such strong St. Thomas ties, and a lot of that was formed during your time playing football. I would love for you, Coach, if you could give any sort of anecdote or any sort of just – you know, analysis of what these guys were like in school, because I think a lot of what drives them now and a lot of what, you know, they've become really well known for is a lot of the stuff that you instilled in them. So what do you remember about these guys when they were players? What mm-hmm. do you remember about these guys, you know, when they're back in school? Um, and how do you see some of those things carry over to what they're doing now? Well, the, the, um, the number one really both with both of them, the number one, that thing that sticks out is like work, like totally committed to each other, totally committed to our, our our beliefs, our message, our team, each other, the work that these guys put in, like you would never ever be like, well, he's not gonna, he's not gonna hustle, or he's not gonna um, find a way to work his tail off to do this or that. Like it was, it in that respect, like it's easy to coach, and I you can't stand that word easy, right? But these guys would do anything for each other and would do anything for me. You know, it's like that, that's what you want. That's what you love. I, there's a couple of, you know, a couple of things specifically that, you know, when they were playing, actually taking reps on the field, unfortunately, Andrew hits this kid from Bethel, right? And it was loud, like violently loud. And he's a running back, right? So you can hit him wherever you want, okay? A lot of people don't understand this targeting rule. Like, it's so dumb. Like, they they complain about this targeting rule. Like, you can't hit anybody in the helmet, okay? And that's just not true. If he's defenseless, you can't hit him in the face, okay? But this guy is a runner, so he can see Andrew coming, and Andrew unleashed this fury right into this guy and it was loud the the crack was loud and i think that's why the referee threw the flag to be honest with you because it was so violently loud so he gets kicked out of the game and unfortunately when you get kicked out of the game for targeting like you got to go to locker room by yourself right your whole team's out there like there's no representative to go walk you into the locker room. You go into the locker room and hang out by yourself. You don't know what's going on out on the field at all. Right? Poor I, man, I felt so bad. I'm like, this is bullshit. I can't talk to the officials at all, right? This is bullshit. He didn't I, like I see the thing. It's not targeting the kids a runner, you know. But it was awesome. Like I 
I mean, that hit was amazing. I'm honest. I'm actually honored to be have been kicked out from a football game. <laughs> and I, I played special teams that whole game, and then that was my second play in in the middle of the third quarter um, as a defensive rep. Um, so, I, I mean, granted, I was playing already in the whole game, but it was my first time out there, or first series out there, second play. They ran a dive up the middle, and I think one of the linebackers missed his fill, and yeah, I stepped in. George like, Hattinger. Yeah. Like, missed his fit. Yeah, four yards downfield, <laughs> and I made the crack, and I was I got up, fired up, celebrating with my teammates, and then I turned around, and, like, there was a flag. I'm like, oh, there must have been, like, a, like I don't know, something that wasn't involving me. Right. And then he said, uh you're on the announce the loudspeaker like number 36 has been ejected from the game i'm like you're shitting me yeah whatever hey coolest part about that we uh we challenged it that week of practice got you back on the field yeah exactly yeah right they they overturned it and it it just reinforced that he was a runner and that he did see andrew coming and that although he got thundered in the face that it was all legal and that is a great lesson to learn for everybody that needs to know that rule Foot, football is a violent sport, man. Like yeah. it, it's a collision sport. It's going to happen. I love the fact that we're trying to keep this thing safe. Like I'm, I'm totally for this, the the targeting and the nastiness, and mm-hmm. let's find a way to make this game safe. But the reality is, that it's a violent game, and we need to play it as such, right? Yes, mm-hmm. so. I agree, man. It's freaking awesome. What do you think? Where do you think uh, football's in a good spa- in a good spot right now? in terms of you know where it's going and like the safety and everything like do you think i hate i honestly i don't hate i loathe when i hear the rumblings of like oh yeah i don't want my kid in football because of you know concussions and all that and while i understand there's a you know a medical aspect of it there's what they don't understand is like that's just such a headline grab for what is actually taught what's actually engineered in these helmets and what's actually happening yeah like the unfortunately like for them, like they don't understand all the benefits that you get from playing this game, and it's not—it's not, it it's not the on-the-field shit. It's all the off-the-field stuff that you get from playing this game, and it's—I don't know—you can say it's unfairly, you know, criticized, but in my mind, you know, it's never been safer. All the rules are good it's a good thing bringing all of these things to light great great but it ain't going anywhere man america's pastime ain't baseball football ain't going anywhere mm-hmm. like i don't know how much the nfl how many billions of dollars the nfl made last year whatever this game ain't going anywhere mm-hmm. totally agree and it's freaking I, awesome and i'm excited for the opportunity to um see if my kids are going to have that passion and urge to get on the football field as well yeah um but getting back to the questions i'd love to hear uh, Mm. if you have any questions for us man i really don't but what You can maybe ask them what was the biggest takeaway that they had from your coaching to I was kind of what they brought back here. Yeah, sure. I was kind of thinking in that respect, like I, I, I love hearing some of these things that I got no idea. Like, right. You, I had no clue, you know, how much, you know, me talking in front of you guys meant to you, Declan. I get no idea. Right. So some, I guess my question for you both would be, you know, like, how do you see me in your life 
adding adding value. Like I always want to add more value to guys' lives, and I don't think I do enough. How do you see? What kind of value did I add to your life? You, uh, to put it simply, like you, you, you just being yourself and being great at what you do was a great blueprint for all of us to enjoy. Whether it was you, um, just saying poor and not poor. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Whether it's you, um, talking about birds on wire, like Andrew said, or bike helmets. You know, kids not wearing bike helmets like that should be a rule of life. I know you so say that, dumb, right? Um, but there, like, there are these recurring things that we all bond over, and it's funny and it's awesome. And then we talk about we can talk about scheme and total mayhem and total domination. And there's all these different things that you do because you do it because you love it. And we all appreciate that, and we see it. The woo tape, dude. I can go to my 20 best friends, and t- we can we can talk about woo tapes all day. We can all say to each other, let's start a riot and know exactly what that means. Like there are all these different little things that we all do with each other that you started and you created all because you're you. Killer. You did it. Yeah, I'm feeding off right that. It's those little <laughs> things that we did as a team from across the board, coaching staff, players. Um, that has been incredible and just trying to find those little things in my own life that I can find the value in and, and hold myself to those high standards and it it goes in from like me making sure that I take my back step read when I in red just every single time like this shuffle was this back step going slightly in a 45 degree angle and pushing off the right foot and I knew I was going to be a better player for that if I did that every single time and doing that in my fucking bedroom um those little things to the actual intangibles of what you didn't you instill of the courage and the wherewithal that you have to have to be willing to fail and then say, oh, that's a great opportunity for me to grow. Um, I mean, there's so many things that we could go over. And what you, what you, when you ask, what can I do to per continue to provide that value? I'm sitting over here and what can I do to now that I'm in a position to give back to you, to give you value? Because you've given so much to Declan and I and so many other players that now I have the intention of what can I give? Um, and me sharing these things and I, I hope, and I know that it's going to continue to fuel that source of you doing and being yourself inside the St. Thomas defense. And with a struggling season last year, I, and I, I had, wasn't part of the locker room, so I don't know how, how everything went down, but maybe there was something that happened that wasn't the way you wanted it to go. And, uh, something lost sight and I, couldn't couldn't tell you couldn't even begin where it went but maybe it's going back to those little things and finding all right we got to rephrase how we attack and how we think about when we break the huddle something along those lines um because that's what made me want to play for you and that's what made me want to play for the guys next to me how badass you look in your stance it's always the first always the first thing we did as outside linebackers on the first day like camp or spring ball was you get in your stance, dude. You got to be comfortable in your stance. You can't look like a fucking robot, dude. You got to be looking good. You got to be looking badass. And you got to just get in your stance, right? Like that's just a little thing. That's just like, that's just when you get in that stance, then you go through your checklist, right? right. Then you know whether you're going to be splattering, whether you're going to be thundering the fullback, whether you're going to be chop, chop, ripping over the top. You know, there's all kinds of different things that are instilled after that point. But what does it start with? It starts with the stance. Mm-hmm. It's just a small thing. Yeah. Right don't give up on the small things. Yeah, don't I give know up, you're not man. going to, but yeah. I just those are my things. Yeah. Right 
Well, as much as you guys think that I did for you, it pales into comparison what what you guys do for me, man. Like that's why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, amen. And that Love brings it. us to our final question, Coach K. A simple question. Do you have any other questions? No, I'm good. good. Sweet. Final question. What did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we we're having this conversation? I, I did not know. Like, I didn't know how professional this thing was going to be. Like, you guys are good at what you do. And I'm walking up these stairs, and the carpeted stairs that come all the way up is is dangerous. Okay, <laughs> they're straight up. Okay, and there's all kinds of whatever. Like, it doesn't look like you know you guys know what you're doing, but holy shit, I am very impressed, boys. You guys are. You guys are do a really good job. Thank you. Thank you, man. We appreciate that. Yeah. We uh we have we allegedly have trip and slip insurance for that exact <laughs> for that reason. exact reason. Dude. <laughs> we we we've allegedly have people slip down it. We've had mm. allegedly people slip up it. I mean, mm. it's it's fierce. Mm. Yeah, it is fierce. Yeah, and uh, there's not 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 enough uh, we can say about it. To be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I appreciate the love, man. I it is really funny because a lot of the people that come on the show, it's like not only do they like loosely know about us, but at the same time. This is like their first podcast. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're in a room where guys who have put serious time and effort into building a podcast studio and have put serious and time and effort into recording podcasts. We've done like 180 or something of these now. Wow. <laughs> it's like wow. when we bring someone in who doesn't know, it's like we wow them, but it's just it's nature for us. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. really, really fun. Awesome. Love it, man. Thank you so much, Coach K. Really yeah. do appreciate you. Really appreciate you guys.